The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, Kinky Connections, and Kinky Education. We're kinky, done differently. what women and other wonderful humans want. A frank and fun discussion about the way people approach each other for romance, relationships, friendships, or other partnerships that make us happy, as well as an intimate discussion about how to connect with our own authentic self. With questions asked by a guy. And now here is your host, John, or as we call him around here, hi there, catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and welcome to a very special episode of the show as Cuck Week, a celebration of the cuckold lifestyle, continues with a panel discussion. We are in the middle of the event known as Cuck Week as we present this show, which celebrates the world around this connective form of kink. And with the release earlier this week of a wonderful audiobook written on the subject of cuckolding and female-powered ethical non-monogamy called Insatiable Wives from clinical psychologist Dr. David Lay. We thought it would be great to bring some of the voices of this world to a show for a discussion on the subject. Joining me is quite literally the voice of Insatiable Wives, Rose Carraway. Rose Carraway is a native Northern California writer, editor, audiobook narrator, and podcaster for the number one erotica show in iTunes and Spotify, the Kiss Me Quicks Erotica Podcast. She freely celebrates all things erotica with her wonderful husband and lurid listeners and is fondly known as the sexy librarian. Rose's writings have predominantly showcased her sex-positive approach to life, as well as her commitment to both feminism and masculinism. She believes that people of all genders and orientations should be considered complementary and interdependent and are necessary for a truly healthy and functional society. She is joined by a longtime supporter of this show and the woman whose hot wife t-shirt is her trademark across social media, Mistress K. She is a hot wife, cuckoldress dom, easy for me to say, and I'll say that a few times tonight, primal in an FLR marriage. She is ethically non-monogamous, bi-curious, and heteroromantic as well as a slut sister, kinkster, sexual health advocate, and a newly minted sex and kink blogger. She calls herself a huge nerd, and when not talking about kink and lifestyle stuff, she's usually reading comics or critiquing movies and TV. And finally, the woman you hear at the start of our show each and every week, the founder of Dating Kinky, Nookie Notes, writer, promoter, educator, and amazing supporter of the kink community through her work with the dating and education site, Dating Kinky. It's kinky done differently. Ladies, welcome to the show. And it is so good to have you all with us. Nookie, you start our show. So I'm going to start with you. Where did the idea for this wonderful Cuck Week celebration come from? Well, I mean, Rose is the person here. Um, David Lee's book released, audio, fabulous. Rose is the voice. Rose is the person. Rose is the reason for the season. <laughs> I like that. That's cool. <laughs> Rose, tell me what brought you to this book. Oh, man. Well, I found this book just by chance um, while I was perusing Amazon. Um, I had found David Lay, Dr. Lay, um, 
on Twitter and he really intrigued me as a, as a human. Um, I love that he has sort of become a sexuality ally. Um, and it, it seemed to have happened like overnight. I read a whole bunch of his articles and I was perusing Amazon, found his book and just read it for myself uh, because we, when we first started our Kiss Me Quicks podcast back in 2011, um, the very first story request was for a cuckold story. Hmm. And I didn't know what that was. So this is back in 2011 that I found this book. Um, and the gentleman uh, very kindly and respectfully suggested that um, I see some videos and that he would send me some. And I was a little nervous, um, you know, because I hadn't at that point, it was very early on in the show, but I hadn't received any unsolicited dick pics yet and so <laughs> I was like well what I'm just going full on to video at this point so okay and so I kind of maybe closed one eye when I clicked the links but no they were great videos um you know as great as porn can illustrate uh you know part of the cuckolding world um but they were informative and interesting and clicked um, some erotic buttons for both myself and my husband, Big Daddy. So we investigated further. I wrote a few stories about cuckolding and it has become one of our most popular themed stories to be requested. So um, yeah, it's, it's pretty neat. And so I've always really enjoyed Insatiable Wives and I've read it several times. And over the course of these years, getting to know Dr. Lay, we realized that book is not in audio. Why? What? This is the world we live in now. Everything is in audio. It's available on your phone, um, you know, especially at the pace we're all working right now. So we approached him and said, do you, you want to put this book in audio? And he said, yes, we, I totally anticipated him saying, no, I, you know, I don't know. I was just a little <laughs> nervous. Um, but he agreed and we walked him through the process of how to get this done and how to get his audio rights and here we are and it I have to say and don't tell any of my um my other erotica editor friends or publishers but this might be my favorite book that I've done we wanted to branch out into nonfiction, and this I'm so glad that this is the flagship um that we've got to do this through so I'm like oh I'm so excited about it that's amazing. And unsolicited yeah. dick pics was actually yes. the entire inspiration for this show when it started, because I had written a column called Dear Men about those unsolicited dick picture sending. And it became the inspiration for, well, what is it what women and other wonderful humans want? And then I said, oh, Nookie, I have an idea. And the show has evolved into how people connect with their genuine selves and their authentic selves now. But that was the uh, genesis of the show. So it was interesting that you brought that up. Mistress K, you said on email earlier today, this is all getting very real. Welcome <laughs> to the world of media in kink and cuckolding. Uh. What brings you to this celebration? <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I don't know. I, um, well, I guess I got roped into this because, um, when Rose and, uh, Big Daddy had the idea for launching this wonderful book, the audio version of the book, they had the idea of doing kind of our version of Shark Week, Cuck Week. And um, I am an avowed Twitter crush of, uh, I have a strong Twitter crush on Dr. Lay and I make no bones about it. I'm very obvious about it on Twitter. And I've had the good fortune to actually uh, meet him and, and my husband and I got to, uh, to spend a lovely evening of conversation and drinks with him and it was wonderful. So, he reached out to me when Rose and Big Daddy had this idea and asked if I knew any other uh, cuckolding couples who had an online presence that might be willing to um, celebrate and kind of help promote this idea 
of Cuck Week, not really knowing that it was about um, the just the book launch. It just he just said Cuck Week, and I said, <laughs> "Sure, I know a few people." You know, it was very much the "Let me see what I can do." Kind of <laughs> Tom Hanks blowing on his hands moments from You Got Mail, and um, I connected him with some of my friends who most of them, I tried to pick people who had blogs or podcasts um, who and who kind of knew each other. So there was a little bit of a built-in community there and told them about this. And then I started the group and immediately texted Dr. Lay back of, oh crap, is that what you wanted? (laughs) Because I warned him, I said, this is a group that will take a ball and run with it. And boy, have they, this has become so much more than I think Dr. Lay or Rose or Big Daddy envisioned and certainly more than I have envisioned. And I've been very thankful that I could have been a small part of getting all of these people together. And Nookie, Having known that the number one episode ever listened to on this particular podcast was one with Venus talking about cuckolding, and heaven knows we've talked about every single kink you can imagine, I jumped at the opportunity to bring cuckolding back to the podcast. It's one of those things that As you know, and as I admitted when I talked to Venus, I know very little about. So for those who are regular listeners who may not know a lot about it, what is the attraction to the kink of cuckolding? The attraction. Um, I think you could ask a hundred different cuckold couples and you could probably get 350 different answers to that. Um, there's just so much to it. For me personally, there's a sort of, um, well, there's, there's an empowerment and validation of my sexuality. There is a, it's almost like, I liken it to being a sort of a workout or strength training for your relationship because you're constantly like pulling at the traditional bonds of a relationship Mm -hmm. and then coming back and resting and pulling again and it's it makes us stronger as individuals and it makes us our bond that much stronger because no matter what stress we put on it in the ways that most people would find anathema or blasphemy Um, we just keep coming back to each other and loving each other harder and more as a result of it. And for me personally, um, I'm, I'm polyamorous as well, even though I'm monoromantic. So for those who aren't familiar with the terminology, I, I have many loves, um, but my romance, my, my, my one for lack of a better term, all of the Twitter patient and the, the silly NRE and everything, that's all wrapped up in my cuckold. But um, I have made lifelong friends of the bulls that I interact with, some of them, and we've traveled together and, you know, we've, we've shared hikes together and, you know, and so on and so forth. So there's, there's a lot about this for me in particular, um, and also, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a bit of a freaky pervert and so is my partner. And we get to really revel in that as uh, part of this relationship. Rose, what was it about those first videos that you saw that originally shocked you, but then you came to this understanding of this is a very interesting form of lifestyle? It was the fact that there was one woman with many, many men, and the husband was there supporting her while she's having, I want to say, enormous sex. Like all of the ways that you ever just secretly fantasize about having sex, but maybe don't tell your husband about. All of these wild, wonderful ways that I watched one single woman have sex with many, many men, 
and just the husband was there, whether he was participating or just filming or just sitting there watching. Um, I, I was shocked that that was allowed, that that was permitted within a couple because cuckolding flies in the face of what people call the sanctity of marriage. You know, we're brought up to be monogamous. We're not brought up to be any other way, especially women. We're supposed to breed babies, satisfy our husbands and not be sexual. So this blasted that out of the water, which was stunning. Um, and I think that the, the thing that really shocked me the most was that there were white women glorifying the fact that they were having sex with many, many black men and that I grew up in a very racist home. And, and so I had like, it took me a really long time to process, is this actually okay? What's happening here? Um, and as long as everyone is being treated with respect and there's really good solid communication happening and um, I, I can see how this could be quite the successful uh, adventure for people. And, and I love that. I love that people can turn such scary, um, terrible taboos on their heads and have fun with them and all be good with one another. That's amazing to me. Those are the two biggest elements that really just wowed me the most in cuckolding. And Mistress Kay, when I talked to Venus about this for the first time, I was a little confused and didn't quite understand everything. But by the time the episode ended, I realized this wasn't so much about a woman wanting to have sex with so many people. It was very much about the gift that a husband gives to a woman to permit her and support her and cheer her on to be able to live out some of those fantasies and never give up on the true connection that they have. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. It's my husband absolutely supports my sexual journey that I have been on and I wouldn't have discovered near as much about who I am as a sexual person, who I am as an actual person, um, without him being brave enough to admit that this was a relationship that he was wanting, that it was his deepest fantasy that we take, that we took the things that we would whisper to each other in bed while having sex, because we've always had a very active fantasy life. But it's one thing to talk about it while you're in bed, and it's a whole other thing to actually do it. And for him to be brave enough to come to me and say, no, I, I really want you to do this, and I support you, and I want you to have this experience. I want you to have all of this variety of, that you've been fantasizing about. Um, yeah, it, it's a huge gift. It's, it's a wonderful gift. And it has allowed both of us to become more fully who we were meant to be as sexual beings and as people. It's allowed me to step into my role as a dom, to step into my role as a kinkster, to step into my role as the leader of our marriage and the FLR, which is also something that he has wanted. And all of that st stemmed from him being brave enough to, you know, give me the gift of being my cuckold. Nookie, does it always go into a relationship that is an FLR or is it something that is just a mutually agreed upon part of a relationship that it doesn't necessarily have to be that the woman absolutely demands it or wants it, but there is a bit of agreement here if the two people are, dare I say, equal as far as the slash is concerned. Um, so it's interesting because uh, Mistress Kane are actually um, 
we, by the time this airs, we will have done our talk about the intersection of the Venn diagram between cuckolding and kink. Um, the short answer is no, it does not have to be an FLR. Um, in fact, many times it is not an FLR. Um, and in many cases, the cuckolding is the only transfer of power, for lack of a better term, um, in the entire relationship. Most cuckold couples are pretty normal everyday people without a whole lot of kink, except for this one way that they um, explore sexuality. And so what I've, I've tried to do over the years, and, and Mistress K has been around when I've sort of, you know, fumbled through this, is to break what I consider cuckolding down to its basest block. Um, rather than like, because a lot of people think cuckolding means that you must have chastity or you must have, you know, a bisexuality on the part of the cuckold or you must have an FLR, or, you know, like sissification or all of these things. And to me, none of those things are required, although they're great also, Renz. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, they're a lot of fun to play with. Um, humiliation is another part of it that does not have to be there. To me, it is one simple concept. The woman in a cuckolding relationship, and please understand, I'm not, um, I'm gendering it because this is where I'm coming from, but there are also, you know, cuck queens out there and you could just go cuck and um, cuckolder or cuckold, you know, rests or whatever it is. But the woman in a cuckolding relationship has full autonomy and power over her own sexuality and power over his sexuality while he is loyal to her whatever that means so it could mean that they're married it could mean that they're boyfriend and girlfriends it could mean that there's just that sexual connection and that's how they do this thing right she has full control and autonomy over herself she has control over his sexuality in whatever ways they agree and he's loyal to her that's it. Anything else on top of that is icing on the cake, really. Um, and then, you know, it can get very complex and very super fetishy and kinky. If you go down those roads, it can also get super duper just swingy. If you go, you know, more into the, you know, kind of public sex swing area. So there's there's a lot of different ways you can do this thing. And all of them are right if they're making you both happy. Rose, you obviously talk and I'm sure write a lot about the different kinds of erotica and the different kinds of fantasies and sex that people have. Where on the scale do you think cuckolding fits in in the realm of shocking or normalcy? And I hate using the word normalcy on this podcast because nothing is ever normal. But to the average, I guess you could say, vanilla person listening in, where do you think that would be on the shock meter? Almost to the farthest end, I would say the most shocking. Um, I've had people get very, very upset um, how dare I write such a thing? How dare you, you even, you've, it's a, incredible how many people out there try to control what we're, what we're fantasizing about. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that it flies, uh, at the farthest shockingest end because we are brought up by religious traditions and what our parents dictated to us. And it's so hard to shake that foundation that you grow up in those rules and boundaries. And, you know, if you do this, you're going to go to hell. That's so scary. Um, and then to consider opening your relationship or, or your body to another person. I have only, so here's, here's something I've only ever had sex with one man and that's big daddy. Um, and so, the first story I wrote, Cucks Don't Lie, which is actually going to be released again on the KMQ, because that's one of my Lord listener favorite stories. Um, 
It's about a woman going through the internal conflict of, is this the right choice? Because once I go through with this, I can't undo it. And then what if we get into an argument and he uses that as ammunition against me? And then I am this slut. I am this whore. I am this terrible person. But we had both come to this agreement to do this and explore it. And it was this gift because, I mean, if you don't know by now, you should know women have the capacity to have tremendous sex multiple times in one go. And, and that deserves attention. That deserves to be fed and nurtured. And, 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 and yeah, I mean, let's throw glitter all over that because let's celebrate it. I, I, it's such a wonderful thing that's just been stepped on. I mean, since the beginning of time, you know, in Dr. Lay's book, Insatiable Wives, you know, I, I literally smiled while narrating this book most of the time. But there are hard moments in history where women were sent to dungeons, women were hung or beheaded for committing this act of cuckoldry. And the husband was, you know, spanked on the wrist and maybe lost his castle, but it was always the woman who was punished the most severely because we're thought of to be, you know, I don't know, like a nun and just chased and all of these, man, come on, we're not. <laughs> I mean, we can be, but, but we've got the capacity to wear little devil horns and take numerous men on wild rides. So if you've got a cuck that's that strong to move aside and, and realize, I can do this for you. I want to do this for you. I, I'm going to get off on this later and reap the benefits of that. I'm in. Let's do that. Um, or you can just fantasize about it and play with it in the privacy of your own home. It's, it's huge. Yeah, I think it's on the farthest end. <laughs> Mistress Kay, one of the things that I have learned in the 80-some episodes of this show that I've done so far is that the norms and expectations of the universe, so to speak, always seem to lead to disappointment. When you come to the fact that we're supposed to live up to somebody else's expectations instead of taking our own and being selfish about it. In the world of cuckolding, when does the bravery take over and when are you able to move forward with what you need and you want and lose the guilt about it? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a great question. God, Katsu, you are so good at this. <laughs> um, I think Okay, so what I have found that's really interesting is that a lot of the women and the couples who who enter into cuckolding are mostly older. They have hit what I like to call the fuck it 40s. Hmm. And that was certainly the case for me. Um, I think there just comes a time in your life when you are tired of living up to somebody else's idea of what your life should be like and you realize that the only people who should have an influence on your life are the people who matter the most to you and in your marriage or in your relationships if you're not married it is the people who are in that relationship for me it is my husband and myself and that's that's the only opinions that matter when it comes right down to it. So, yeah, I mean, the, there is a lot of shame and there's certainly like Rose was saying, there's um, the expectation and the, the, when she was talking about the character in the story, going through all of the, the fears and the, oh, what if, he uses this against me or what, what will people say? You know, that whole thing, I, you do go through it. That would, that rang very true. I'm sitting here. I was sitting there nodding my head as she was saying that because it absolutely was a mental process that I had to go through. Um, in fact, on my very first 
experience when the very first time I cuckolded my husband, I'm in the car on the way to meet uh, my playmate. And I called him because I was having what could only be described as an attack of the nerves. And I, I had to have that um, reassurance that I was going to be loved and going to be accepted no matter what choice I chose to make, whether I chose to go through with this or whether I chose to just have a lovely evening, you know, lovely dinner with this person and then come home. It didn't matter because what was important between the two of us was that the choice was mine. And that, yeah, there was a lot of unpacking of, of that to get to the point where you just say, fuck it. And hitting your fuck at 40 certainly helped, but then you also have to unpack a lot of the other stuff on top of it too. So. Nookie, <laughs> you've heard me talk about the different kinds of love that I believe in the fact that I believe that there is not such a thing as a finite amount of love. Love is infinite. The love you have for a person doesn't necessarily need to be taken away because you have that love for somebody else. It is just allowing yourself to show appreciation for so many. The cuckolding lifestyle, although obviously I'm single now after a 20-year marriage and 10 years of it having no intimacy, so now I've reached my fuck it 50s and am trying to explore all the things that I missed in the very vanilla, very um, unimaginative relationship that I did have. When love is so strong between two people, is there ever anything that can make that love be doubted when it comes to cuckold relationships or does it just make it stronger? Hmm. I mean, I can only speak for myself, right? Because I mean, we're humans. And the first thing I can say is that if we believe that there's something possible, then it's possible, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, look at us. I'm, I'm, I'm wearing a wrist thing where I can talk to people on my watch. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's so if, if, if somebody believes that something is, is doubtable, it's absolutely doubtable because they will doubt it, right? But for me, I think that there comes a certain point in a relationship like this where you have just shared everything. There's, everything's all on the table. Um, and you know these things about each other that frankly, no one has ever known about you or they ever, ever, ever. And you still look at each other with, you know, big hearts in your eyes and you still reach out to pat asses as we, as we walk by. And, you know, so there's, there's still, and there's still like so, so much love that doubting to me, doubting the love is illogical. Mm -hmm. um, I could, I could doubt our communication skills once in a while, you know, I could certainly um, doubt whether or not we are acting in each other's best interests when we do certain things, like when he steals the last of my French fries or whatever <laughs> it is, right? There are so many different ways to doubt each other, but um, the love, no, 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 no. It's, it, it's not possible for me at this stage to doubt the love. If we ever fail, it's not because we didn't love each other enough it would be for something else entirely. So. Rose, when it comes to love and erotica and all our forms of fantasies, 
the one killjoy of it all seems to come down to two words, jealousy and envy. Talk a little bit about that from your perspective. If we could get rid of jealousy and envy, would the world be a more erotic place? You're on mute, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, jealousy might motivate some some better behavior. Uh, I think wherever that lands within the relationship, like, is it damaging? Is it causing harm? Is it causing too much conflict? Um, and and if there's resentment building and 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 those kinds of feelings as a result of that, then uh, yeah, that's some that's a bad way to go. But if we were to get rid of it. Uh, jealousy and and what was the other one? Envy. Envy. Mm, I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm envious of Mistress K and Nookie and and all of their exciting tales that I've been reading about in the Twitter the Twitterverse. Um, it's motivating, but I, I think it's how it's used. If it's damaging, then um, yeah, maybe it's better to get rid of it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> That's a tough question. I'm not sure. You know, when it comes to erotic, uh, eroticizing things that can motivate creativity um, and you can grow, uh, but you have to still be able to talk about things and not take things personally. And that's so hard. You know, we are humans. We are emotional. And, and I know me, I'm protective over my sexuality. So if there's a threat to it, um, you know, if somebody's jealous of something, um, then I'm not sure how I can help that mm. um, other than talking it through and, and finding a good path to, to um, better understanding what's going on there. Um, I, I, I don't know if you can get <laughs> rid of it and, and the world will be a better place. I'm not sure. I think there's pros and cons to that. Mistress Kay? from what I just heard Rose say, I will pose you this question. Is communication the cure to competition? Meaning if you communicate well in this kind of a relationship that the competitive vibes of I have to have this or I'm being denied that seem to go away? I, I don't know if they go away or if they're just channeled in a more productive manner because I mean, my husband, his conversion level is through the roof. So he doesn't really experience the jealousy or the angst in the way that a lot of other men do. And the way that you often hear it described among cuckolds he really wants me to have the best sexual experiences and sexual variety as possible. So, but in terms of like the competition, I don't think that there is a sense of competition between him and my playmates. I think that might be true for other couples, but it's not my experience I because it's there's a meme I like to share on Twitter I share it often and it's you can't compete with me I want you to win too mm -hmm. um, and I think that that is maybe challenging that competition in a good way you know it it, it could be that we want to the, comp the competition might be, okay, see just how many you can play with this month. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Challenge accepted or, or something along those lines. But it, I think, yes, I think it can be mutually beneficial rather than something that tears you down. And Nookie, let me play with this word a little bit. Ego. 
when it comes to cuckolding, a man has to be able to put that ego in check because he's giving the gift of freedom and joy and fantasy to the one that he loves, correct? I don't necessarily think I, I don't I don't I don't follow along with that exactly the same way that you might think. Okay. Because I have in all of the cuckolding relationships that I've I've been exposed to in all of the couples that I've talked to, I have very rarely met men who are more proud of their lives and their women than cuckolds. I mean, if I were, if I were to say, you know, who is more egotistical, <laughs> um, the cucks are like, okay, so she can get all the dick she wants in whatever way she wants, and she still chooses me. Mm, right? Okay. Like, so the ego, yeah, some people might say, oh, you know, this is a, um, this is something I have to give up. Like I have to give up the exclusivity. Whereas they say, this is something I get to do. Mm -hmm. I totally get that. And that brings it absolutely into focus. Rose, when you were reading this book as a nonfiction what was one of the biggest takeaways that you had that you realized related to your own sense of relationship? I related to a lot of the women in this book through history because I grew up in a rough home. Um, and so I had suffered quite a bit um, and, and had no autonomy. And my sexuality was not in my control. That had been taken from me. And I've had to kind of learn, you know, through other people, um, just like these couples had talked about, um, you know, very quietly, kind of in the, in the sidelines, watching other people live their lives and, and learn how to live a good life. Um, and they always seemed fulfilled, uh, but, but the sexuality part, we, we didn't have the education to it. And there's so many people who grow up and have no sexual education at all. There's just so much fear wrapped around it. Um, you know, and I think a lot of people feel like they have to control everything in their lives and tamping down the sex drive is like number one. It's like the biggest thing, because if you can't do that, then you, you're not gonna function. But if you suppress your sexuality, for so long, it's going to come out in a really bad way. And these, these people a lot, they learned much as I have. If you just open yourself up to it and talk about it with your partner in an honest way and not in a blaming sort of way, like why can't you do this for me? Or why can't I do this for myself? If you can just try to discover things a little bit at a time, then you can grow significantly. Um, I think that that was, that was one of the biggest eye-opening moments was, wow, okay, I'm not abnormal for having this desire within me to be this hot wife or this queen and to be just to revel in masculinity and dicks. Like, this is amazing. I get to express that. Okay, like I felt I was given permission to be me. I felt like that's who I wanted to be, but never had that permission. Um, you know, the podcast, I think I said earlier, that was an expression of my sexuality early on, uh, you know, in my 30s, but not early on in my life, but just in my 30s. But I, I didn't know what to do with it. And so it was coming out and I'm saving the world and the world is saving me and, you know, surrounded by all these glorious men. But always in control in a sort of dominating way. Um, and I really like that aspect that a lot of these wives uh, shared in this book. And, and I consider myself to be a very brave person um, and I can relate to what it takes to say, to speak desires out loud to a partner, let alone to yourself. It gives me goosebumps to think about that because 
so many people never even get to take that step in life and suffer greatly for it. So there's more to this book than meets the eye. It's not just about cuckolding. It's about human, the human experience and, and discovering what female sexuality can actually be and male sexuality uh, and that roles can re reverse. And it's quite powerful for both people. Mistress Kay, we have discovered on this particular show that that is absolutely the truth, that it is about human nature and how humans are their authentic selves. And you notice that we did not start this episode with a first five, for those of you who listen to it a lot. But I'm going to hit you with a first five question, and it's going to be a first one question. When was the first inkling in your mind, can you remember when it was that you thought about cuckolding in your life? Um, okay, in my, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clarify this, in my fantasy life or in putting it into practice? Let's go with both. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you thought you were going to get off easy. Uh, okay. Well, I think I had the desire for multiple partners very early on. Um, I was a bit of a late bloomer in terms of when I actually lost my virginity. And then I was a bit of a Pringles can in once you pop, you can't stop. So <laughs> I was having um, <laughs> a fair bit of um, <laughs> a, a fair bit of one night stands. N not a lot, but enough for you know you sitting there watching your numbers kind of start to tick, and then if you were raised in a conservative area where women are not supposed to have that many partners, you you kind of like take a step back and lock it down. But so, yeah, I, I think that there, that impulse of, of having multiple partners um, was there fairly early on, <laughs> probably around the time that I did lose my virginity in my very early 20s. Um, I don't know that there was any kind of memory. I remember dating my husband and also really wanting to have sex with some of the people that I worked with or some of his friends or <laughs> things like that. And, um, and again, being open to explore the fantasy of that was something that we shared very early on and played around with very early on. So me flirting with somebody at a party was absolutely a turn on for both of us. But there's a, again, there's a difference between having the fantasy and acting on the fantasy. So having the fantasy, having the, the impulse early on, that, that has been <laughs> right there all along, but I guess, but putting into the second part of your question of, let's do both, putting it into practice. Um, I mean, pretty much from the moment when he said, I want you to do this, it was like, are you sure? <laughs> because he knows me and I am self-aware enough that I knew once this door was opened, it probably wasn't going to shut. Did he bring it up to you because he knew you so well, or did you bring it up to him? Oh, he brought it up to me. He knows me very, very well. <laughs> he very often knows, he knows me better than sometimes I'm willing to admit things to myself. And helping me lift that, um, societal layer of what I should be versus what I am is probably the greatest gift that he has given me. And 
that gift has led to all the rest. Nookie, you've heard me say a number of times that in the battle of the sexes, I rarely cheer for my own side. This is one subject that literally speaks to what women want as far as the empowerment of female sexuality and the ability for women to take their own power into their own hands. Is that what possibly makes it scary to the conservatives and to people who are used to the patriarchy, so to speak? I guess I'm being political here, but I'm being political here. So <clears throat> I got a little story. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a little story and I'm going to come back to this. Um, about a week and a half ago or so, maybe two weeks ago, um, a writing of mine from years ago uh, was necroed on FetLife. Somebody dug down into my writings and found this writing from quite some time ago <clears throat> that was about when men don't want sex. And it was about how horrifying it is for men to buck the, the programming that we all have and to, for whatever reason, just say, you know, not tonight, dear. And um, how women are socialized to believe that men want sex all of the time. And therefore we're hurt, we're angry, we're frustrated when we're told not tonight, dear, right? Like, it's like, it's all about us or, you know, we're not attractive to them anymore, whatever it is. That same article that I'd written linked to an even earlier article, which was, um, women don't want sex as much as men, which was a joke because <laughs> somebody was literally telling me in an online conversation that women don't want sex as much as men and they could prove it. And the way they proved it is because, you know, there are more men on dating sites or whatever it is. And so when I was talking with this person, I'm like, you know, as a woman, that has been actually the opposite of what I've discovered in most of my relationships is that I have had the higher sex drive than all of my previous partners. Um, and so I did some research and this is what kind of comes back to, to the question is that I did some research and actually in most um, historical societies, um, prior to like the puritanical societies, prior to the Victorians, even the Victorians knew, and they started squashing that women were considered to have not just the more powerful sex drive, but dangerously powerful sex drives. Like we were worshiped as earth goddesses for a fucking reason, like volcanic sex drive, earthquake sex drive, tsunami sex drive, the kind of sex drive that will overwhelm and fucking engulf you if you try to fight against it. That, I think, is what frightens people, whether they're conservative, whether they're, you know, the patriarchy, or whether they're just your average person who has lived their whole life as a lie, right? I mean, because there are men out there who literally want a woman who can keep up with them sexually, but when they're told that they exist all around them, they would then have to admit how wrong they've been and how they've treated the women in their lives in such a way as to reduce their sexuality for so many years, the cognitive dissonance is mind boggling. They cannot do it. So yeah, I think it's, it's terrifying to a lot of people to think, you know, oh, that woman that I thought was a cold fish, I just wasn't turning the right key or, you know, I didn't make them feel safe or whatever it is. The idea that a woman could have that kind of power and be willing to take it 
yeah horrifyingly scary to a lot of people including women you know women are raised to be <clears throat> helpless around sex to not have agency to um if we do take any agency as as uh rose mentioned you know are they gonna call me a slut right like as if that's the worst fucking thing that can happen right but I went through that when my pet brought up cuckolding to me the first time I was like it's a trap <laughs> it's gotta be a trap who what no no there's a trap right I was scared I I'm like Rose I mean I wasn't a a one woman one man woman but my pet was the first double digit man I've made up for lost time, but, uh, you know, I wasn't somebody who slept around and did a lot of one night stands. It wasn't in me. And I realized after being in a cuckold relationship for a long time that my sexuality personally is not only incredibly powerful and strong, but it's also rooted in the love. And I have to have that love for me to have all the sex. Otherwise it's just, for me, it's meaningless. So I have the love of my cuckold and that allows me in so many ways to experience my sexuality because my sexuality is intrinsically tied with love for me. As we're doing this on a Zoom, you have many of you have been on a Zoom and you have that one little window where a person is practically jumping up and down and smiling and nodding their heads so much and you can't help but noticing them. Rose, that was you oh, during this last answer. Your thoughts on all that? That was Mistress K. That wasn't me. <laughs> uh, yes, this is what I, this is what I am currently experiencing right now. Like I, I feel like I'm still, even though, you know, cuckolding was brought to my attention, you know, in 2011, I'm still very new. Like I'm still learning what it is. You know, to say that it's deeply layered, it just is not enough. And there's no one right way for everybody to do this. Um, but the intense thrill that I feel whenever I consider, you know, yes, my husband and I, we've been together, I want to say 27 years for a little while. And we've got three kids. Two of them are now adults. They're still living at home. One's uh, in high school still. So we're, we're still, you know, we're doing the family thing. But, you know, there is appeal to, to thinking, man, what's going to happen when it's just the two of us at home? Are we still going to be just the two of us playing with this fantasy and the privacy of our bedroom? Or is the door slowly opening? Like that's kind of scary for me, but at the same time, tremendously powerful. Like I feel earthquakes happening in my own body. I feel tsunamis in my pussy. And I mean, like it's, it's an insta insane prospect to consider. I have, I think reached, like you kind of gave me goosebumps uh, earlier, Mistress K, when you said the fuck it forties, I'm 45. And <laughs> so like, yeah like you just you're ready to like you reach a certain point where you're ready to shake off I don't care what other people think even though it'll still kind of come in and and threaten to upset maybe the path you, you think you're taking um the overriding powerful sensation is feminine sexuality for me and my husband it, that compersion thing it's all over him and it has been since the day we met and neither of us knew what this was. And that's where we, we learned about it in David Lay's book. Like, okay, so we're normal, we're good. And we've got these enormous, powerful feelings for one another. But my husband has always kind of held me up in this queenly way. And I, man, like if people knew, I, I their jaws would drop and I would hope that they would be okay with it, but it doesn't really matter in the end. So yeah, like I'm shaking. Everything Nookie said was yes, spot on. Absolutely. Mistress Kay, this will speak to our generation. You had more thumbs up than Siskel and Ebert during that <laughs> conversation. Your thoughts on what Nookie had to say? Well, 
I, I'm like her. I, I, um, when she said that she was in the single digits when she met her pet, I was that way, uh, when I met my husband. So yeah, I'd had some one night stands, but I didn't, I hadn't racked up that many numbers. Now, now I have, (laughs) but it's because I have the security of coming home and knowing that I am not only going to be celebrated for my sexuality, I'm going to be loved and cherished for my sexuality. And that is a very different feeling to come home from a one night stand and to slide into the arms of the man that I love and to have him want to know all about it and revel in that and to feel him getting turned on by my expression of my sexuality and for us to be able to share it together. I mean, yeah, it makes me want to go out and be sexual and be amazing because I have, I have the best cheerleader in the world. Like I have the best guy celebrating that with me. I will take my cuckold and that reconnect, that, that reaffirmation that he loves me for exactly who I am and exactly all the things that make me me, including my sexuality and especially my sexuality. The fact that he revels in that and celebrates that with me. I mean, come on, that you can't beat that. <laughs> That's just amazing. So yeah, my, I'm like Nookie. I have to have the love and then, yeah, the, the numbers went up. <laughs> so. I want to thank each of you all for being a part of the show. Mistress K first, I will speak to you. Thank you for all the support on social media and all the support that you give to the show. It is noticed and it is much appreciated. Thank you for being with us. Oh, it was my pleasure. You're just, you are such a delightful human. (laughs) Thank you very much. Rose, I think we have had the first of two dates because your uh, entire podcast and what you do is so fascinating that I'd love to have you come back on the show at some point and talk about your podcast and talk about the many things that you discuss on that. And thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you. It, it's hi there or hey there, cat suit. Um, can I say cat suit or just is hey there? Cat suit, uh, John, just don't call me late for dinner and we're all fine. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I, I, I feel so blessed to be to be amongst you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. And Nookie, what can I say? Uh, we started this journey with just a simple idea and it has turned into something that I could have never imagined. As I mentioned, we've gone over 80 episodes with a hundredth episode coming up, I think in late May or June. I thank you for giving me this opportunity and I can't wait to see where we go from here. Absolutely. I mean, there is, it's been amazing. And I would, I would just like to say that you just gave almost the perfect analogy for cuckolding. We start with a simple idea and and it's just, it becomes so much that we never could have imagined before, right? Like it's, it's crazy. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled to have been a part of your journey, Katsu. This is a beautiful podcast i'm i'm thrilled with it and the the people that you get to talk to are fucking amazing like you know the the other people here in this panel i mean mistress k and i have gotten the opportunity to actually hang out in person it's a wonderful time highly recommend a plus plus would hang again rose you are just a beam of sunshine you are delightful and you know sweet and Oh my goodness, I can't wait to, to get to know you better. Um, but Catsuit, 
more than anything, um, you know, following your journey and the way that you've been digging down into humans and learning more about them has just been a pleasure to behold. Um, I, I am so, so thankful that you, you offered me the opportunity to be a part of what you were putting together and that, you know, we get to support you in it. I can't thank you enough and really appreciate it. And I'm going to get all emotional if I keep going. So <laughs> let me just wrap up the show and we will go from there. Uh, coming up in the next week on next Tuesday, we will go from across the country to across the pond with the wonderfully fascinating and longtime event producer, pro dom and educator. Miss Kim Rubb, whose legendary London rubber parties are a thing of legend. And we'll talk about how COVID has kind of brought them to a close, but opened up a new opportunity for Miss Kim Rubb. As always, it's a pleasure having you all with us. I'm John, proudly known as Hi There Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time. And I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. We invite you to follow us on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at WWW Podcast. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky. Kinky done differently.